0: Have you ever noticed that podcasts are a little like sharks, when they stop swimming, they die, and they can both smell blood from a mile away. So in the spirit of keeping swimming, I'd like to introduce you to TOS+. Plus. Putting my business pants on for a second, TOS+, Plus is our new premium membership thingamajig. It's the all-access pass to a growing library of exclusive horror, sci-fi, and WTF audio fiction, along with access to the regular TOS Weekly Stories in higher quality, a week early, and ad-free. Once again, that's exclusive episodes, ad-free, a week early, and higher quality audio. You'll also get access to the brand new TOS Plus Vault, where you can grab our ebooks, comics, and desktop wallpapers, and all sorts of stuff. All of this is available today via our Patreon campaign, which includes juicy extras like Discord access, audiobooks, and merch, and if you're an Apple user, you can subscribe directly via the Apple Podcasts app. We're now in our eighth year of the podcast and we've got so many cool projects on the boil, none of which would be possible without the ongoing support of our listeners, specifically our premium subscribers, our super-powered patrons, and the many multi-dimensional voodoo priests air guitaring to the TOS intro jingle. For more, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash plus. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash plus.
1: to find out if it's right for you.
0: These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) Hawk and Cleaver are opening their big, hefty, make-believe studio doors once again to invite all the people out there who have a dream of Writing their own short and scary, and positively horrifying stories. So come on in. The water is fine and acidy. <laughs> and join myself and best-selling author Daniel Wilcox as we help you write an entire short story, from coming up with the ideas to writing the first draft to polishing it off and getting it ready to submit to the marketplace. Find out more and sign up over at theotherstories.net/forward/slash/courses. Today's episode is Skin Deep. Written and narrated by Georgia Cook.
2: As Hollywood's foremost cosmetic surgeon, Dr Henry Mullen was accustomed to perplexing requests. The beauty fads of Hollywood encompassed a swirling maelstrom of wealth and anxiety, demanding strict adherence to incomprehensible and constantly shifting rules. For the rich and famous, it meant an ever-changing regimen of diets and pills. An elaborate new outfit, designed by an elaborate new designer, for every occasion. A constant quest to prove oneself still relevant, still beautiful, still worthy. For Henry, it meant a steady stream of loyal clientele. All demanding the latest treatments. Tummy tucks and brow lifts. Botox and nose jobs. He'd seen it all heard it all, and happily charged out the nose for the privilege, but this, this was something else. It started with Adam Descal. Descal was an old hand of the industry, a former A-list actor turned businessman. He'd lost none of the charm or good looks that had made him his name. He'd arrived in Henry's small, discreetly expensive waiting room just over a week ago, nervous and fidgeting in a suit that must have cost thousands. Henry had eased out of his office with a conciliatory smile. Mr. Discal, what a pleasant surprise. What may we... Too late. Henry caught the look in Adam's eye. His fidgeting hands, the ruffled dishevelment of his hair. Discal looked like a man on the precipice of hell. It's not for me, he managed. His eyes darted, taking in the waiting room chairs, the art on the walls, the expensive coffee machine in the corner. It's for my wife. Ah... Henry offered him a reassuring smile. ''These things often are. Plenty of our clients request. Look, can we?'' Adam motioned to Henry's office. ''Can we talk about this in private?'' ''Please.'' The man was sweating profusely, Henry noted, as he led Adam inside. Dark sweat stains blossomed across his expensive suit, spoiling the fabric. He smelled as if he hadn't showered in days, but that was wealth, he'd seen worse. What is it your wife requires? he asked, settling behind his desk. Please understand, our waiting lists. She needs something removed, said Adam. Henry raised an eyebrow. If it's skin treatment, no, bigger than that, bigger, bigger. We need it gone as soon as possible. And how? As soon as possible, damn you. Henry drew himself upright. Adam drew back, his eyes darting. "'Sorry, I...,' he shuddered. "'She has a growth. "'A growth. "'On the back of her neck,' Adam motioned. "'Just here. "'And you want it removed. "'We need it removed.' "'Henry tried his most winning smile. "'Belligerent husbands were nothing new, "'an unsavory backbone to the cosmetics industry. "'I'm going to need more information, Mr. Descal. What kind of growth is this? Uh, How long has she had it? If it's medical in nature... Don't tell me you can't do it. I know you, Merlin. You do anything for the right price. Henry squared his shoulders. I specialize in cosmetics, Mr. Descal. If your wife requires special surgery, I must insist. No. Not medical. No doctors. The... Attention. If this got around. Adam's eyes darted again as if Henry were concealing paparazzi in every corner of the room. As for money, he reached inside his jacket pocket. You know who I am, yes? You know how much I'm worth. I'm afraid money really is no. Then Adam Descal named his price, and Henry knew he couldn't refuse. Refuse, refuse, refuse. And so, two days later, Henry found himself clearing his schedule of all other clients, his PA hurrying through LA with fruit baskets and whispered apologies, and waiting with bated breath for the elusive Mrs. Descourles. She arrived at precisely 11.15, drawing up to the clinic in a sleek white Mercedes. An elegant 50, with sharply defined cheekbones and a thin, darkly painted mouth. She was dressed in a crisp white suit, a small opal on a silver chain hanging from her neck. Her eyes were an extraordinary blue, She greeted Henry with a smile. Dr. Mullen. He took her hand. Mrs. DeSkull Please, she said. And for a moment Henry thought he saw a flicker of tension around her mouth and brows, as if she were keeping something tightly in check. Call me Catherine. Catherine. He knew the name already, of course. His tentative research had unearthed a career spanning decades. Modelling and movies. More TV credits than Wikipedia could account for. And yet who among the Hollywood elite, let alone the theatre-going public, would recognise the name Catherine Descalde today, save for a byline in an antique movie review, a DVD at the bottom of a bargain bin? Such was Hollywood. He motioned Catherine into his office, closing the door behind them with a soft click. Catherine slid delicately into a chair, fixing Henry with a strange little smile. My husband says you have an excellent reputation, Dr. Mullen. Henry smiled. We have an extensive list of clients, Mrs. Descull. An extensive experience with... Difficult... Cases. Please understand, everything between us is strictly confidential. What has my husband told you? Something about the question made Henry pause. He cleared his throat. He... Mentioned a growth? Catherine smiled again. This time without a trace of warmth. Yes... Yes, I suppose you could call it that. You disagree? My husband dislikes the details, Dr. Mullen. How would you describe it, Mrs. Diskell? Catherine's smile tightened. It is an I, Dr. Mullen. The low bars of air conditioning filled the room, blurring the silence. Finally, Henry spoke, impressed at his own unaffected tone. May I see? Catherine hesitated. Then nodded. She turned and carefully lifted the intricate tresses of hair around her neck. Henry leaned forward. Something round and white nestled against the nape of Catherine's neck. It shifted in the light, like a creature disturbed from its burrow. A greenish blue iris flashed in the gloom. Eyelashes fluttered like trapped insects. It can see you, Catherine whispered, after a while. Yes. Uh, Yes. Henry reached out a hand, but drew back as the pupil swivelled towards him. How did... when did this... Catherine merely smiled, letting her hair fall back into place. I suppose this fails to cover your extensive experience, Doctor. I shall have to run tests... uh, research... Henry attempted to take Catherine's hand, but found himself unable. The thought drew a strange shudder of revulsion to his chest. Please... I really must insist. Medical treatment. No doctors, said Catherine. No hospitals. They won't like that. But they don't hurt, Dr. Mullen. My husband merely wants them removed. But how did... Catherine shrugged. This is a city of eyes, Dr. Mullen. Surely you of all people know that. Everyone watches everyone. All we can hope is to remain in the spotlight. Yes, but... My husband finds them repulsive. (laughs) Hmm. They mark a beauty already marred by time. (laughs) Henry paused. And you disagree? Catherine smiled, pausing only to run a finger along the rim of her collar. Her gaze turned skyward. Actually, she murmured, I quite like them. It was only after she'd left, "'sweeping down the driveway in her sleek white car, "'and he was helping himself to a shot of brandy "'from the bottle in his desk drawer, "'that the oddness of Catherine Descales' statement "'finally hit home. "'Henry paused, blinking in the light of the setting sun. "'What on earth did she mean by them?' "'The call came three days later, "'direct to Henry's personal phone. "'Dr. Mullen,' Adam Descal's voice barked down the line. "'You promised to remove my wife's growth.' Henry closed his eyes, allowing himself a momentary breath. He'd almost put Catherine de from his mind, convinced himself that the entire afternoon had never occurred. A stress-based mirage. But the voice of Adam de brought it all tumbling back. Your wife has an eye growing from her neck, Mr. de he managed, hysteria already curling through his gut. There was a pause on the other end. Adam de Scal gave a horrible laugh. ha <laughs> ha. Now there are more, Dr. Mullen. More. They've moved. Catherine Descartes returned the next day, dressed in a long blue coat, a floating silk scarf tied around her neck. This time Adam accompanied her, talking animatedly about NDAs, privacy clauses, and the very real likelihood of subpoenas should a word of this reach the press. Catherine said nothing. She merely held her husband's arm, fixing Henry with a strange little smile as he led her towards the operating room. At last, Henry found himself alone. Nothing but the whir and tick of machinery, the glare of theatre lights, and Catherine's soft anethetized breathing. Lying on her front, her hair pulled away from her neck, Catherine's eye stared up at the world in all its glistening glory. And beneath it, Henry's stomach lurched. cluster of smaller eyes, barely larger than marbles, now nestled around the original like a gaggle of ducklings. Below them, rising beneath the skin like swollen boils, a trail of blots continued down Catherine's spine, sinking slowly into her back. Hysteria tightening around his gut, Henry lifted his scalpel and sliced into the nearest blot. The skin split with ease, revealing a round, wet eyeball. The pupil retracted. A thin bead of blood trickled down the curve, He'd nicked it by accident. Nestled around it, snug inside the first layer of tissue, more white balls swivelled against the light. Henry paused. The scalpel hovered mid-cut. His slicing had revealed a small void beneath the muscle on Catherine's back, something not usually found this close to the surface. Slowly, tentatively, Henry peeled away the skin around the newest set of eyes. The void grew, plunging down past Catherine's spine revealing the neat white bone of her shoulder blades. Henry's hand froze. The bile rose in his throat. Inches beneath the surface, Catherine's internal tissue simply ghosted away, leaving a warm red cavity of meat. Deep within, thick white clustered gleamed beneath the lights. It took a moment for Henry's brain to register what he was seeing. Eyes. Hundreds of eyes. Eyes eyeballs nestled between the intestines, glaring up through the ribcage, speckled like limpets across the lungs. They retracted against the theatre lights, like ants scuttling under a stone. Henry counted blue eyes, green eyes, brown eyes, all shapes and colours, each one slick and animated. Catherine Descarles was hollow, hollow and filled with eyes. How was she still alive? Slowly, mechanically... Henry sewed the seam along Catherine's back, stepped away from the operating table, then bolted for the bathroom. To Henry's horror, Catherine awoke from anaesthesia 20 minutes later, groggy and pale, but entirely unharmed. He watched from outside himself as he ran through the usual post-surgery check-ups, clearing and tidying, scanning Catherine for complications, hoping beyond hope he found something. But she was totally fine. By all accounts, the surgery had gone without a hitch. Save the eyes, of course. In his office a few hours later, he heard his mouth give conciliatory platitudes to the couple. "Uh, I'm afraid there's nothing I can do. Uh, Perhaps a course of medication? painkillers if they itch? Adam's face was pale and grave. Catherine looked positively radiant. Henry tried not to look at her. He'd never botched an operation before. But suddenly he knew he would take any monetary hit, any bad rumour, if it meant never seeing the Descals again. He watched from the window as they left the clinic, Adam's arm held protectively around Catherine's waist. Halfway across the drive, Catherine turned and locked eyes with Henry. For a moment he felt the attention of a thousand unwavering stares wash through him, a torrent of bated breaths, an eternity of adoring whispers, endless, endless attention. Then Catherine Desgaard turned away, and the torrent ceased. But Henry sensed it in the pause of Hollywood, lingering on the breeze, impenetrable and ever-present. It was the promise of fame, whispered by the hopeful and the hopeless alike. Something remained after the curtain dropped, after the screen went dark. Someone, somewhere, was always watching. And who in Hollywood wouldn't kill for that?
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories Skin Deep was written and narrated by Georgia Cook Edited by Carl Hughes With music by JCM Canada And Tom Robson The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House A quick thank you to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch And to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading And of course to Ben Errington for whistling out content melodies From the end of his social media panpipes And he does a little jig too Georgia Cook is an illustrator and writer from London. She's the winner of the LISP 2020 Flash Fiction Prize and has been shortlisted for the Bridport Prize, Staunch Book Prize, and Reflex Fiction Award, among others. She can be found on Twitter at @GeorgiaCooked and on her website at www.georgiacookwriter.com. If you'd like to sponsor an episode or an entire volume of the Other Stories, then you can do that, and you can tell everyone about your podcast or your book perhaps your new fast food delivery system is actually a trebuchet that shoots hot flaming arrows with little bags of fast food tied to the end straight from the restaurant through the customer's windows and into their faces. If that sounds like fun, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash contact and drop us a message. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. Until next time.